I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast today, Matt Bores. He is editor and publisher of The Nib. The Nib is host of some of the finest political cartoons, satires, and comics in all of journalism. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, Matt, how are you salvaging and how have you salvaged up to this point the the satirical nerve? Yeah, well, you know, it's during this whole Trump presidency, you know, kind of the cliched thing to say to a political cartoonist is, is, you know, oh, you're, you're not hurting for material or anything. And I guess that's true, but it's, you know, it's a little bit more challenging, I think, to sort of both satirically kind of stay ahead of the reality of what's actually happening. Cause there's a, there's a couple of things that I've put in my comics, I think of, you know, more or less come true. And then just trying to actually, not get depressed and um you know do things that are that are funny when things when things are so bad so you know i do a lot of things to kind of keep me um (laughs) engaged i mean at this point i i sort of have resorted to uh drawing comics that take place in a in a dystopian future where trump is still president it's kind of a, a mad max uh environment mixed with some other elements of sci-fi stuff that i like and uh trump is kind of an immortan joe character with a face mask i mean just because you know honestly drawing that stuff is is fun and it just feels a little it's a little more entertaining for me and i think to the reader too but just then drawing um you know politicians in and talking heads in my comics which which you know gets a little old after a while for i mean i've been doing this for uh Oh, 16, 17 years, which isn't forever, but it's long enough to kind of <laughs> get bored. The ghost of Trump will outlive his presidency. So I think that those who were concerned, as the SNL sketch the other night suggested, that there will be a dearth of material, they don't realize the lifeblood of Donald Trump is not terminated with the end of his presidency. I suspect that you find the same reality to exist where Trump as a subject of satire is not going to vanish even if he's not president. Yeah, well, I unfortunately because honestly drawing him or just for the sake of the country, I mean I I wouldn't mind if he uh went away tomorrow, you know. Um I don't I don't mind saying that. We'd be better off without him, but you know, yeah, he's going to stick around. I mean, honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen um, in the election. Uh, but like this guy, what one scenario a uh, media friend of mine brought up that I thought was was just I hadn't thought of it, but it was kind of scary after he said it, which is it's hard to imagine this guy conceding. So it, I don't know if it would be too far fetched for him to just simply continue to run for president. So he has this movement behind him. He's captured the Republican base. You know, he can just, he loves the rallies. That's like the main thing he loves about being president. So, you know, he could just announce that he's uh, the 2024 candidate. He's going to keep the rallies going. He's got to take back the White House from, you know, uh, sleepy Joe Biden, uh, the China puppet, and and keep this whole thing going. Or, you know, he's not in reality, not that interested in governing, obviously. So maybe he just, 
goes down to Mar-a-Lago and, and golfs for three months if he loses. You know, I, I don't know what it's going to be like, man. Right. Well, one thing is true. If he does continue it, it will be Jonestown every night for those rallies and the pandemic deaths will soar. And it's really a serious matter because those have become hot zones of the pandemic after he visits. And uh, there is a death toll that is attributable to his malice and his neglect um, of, of human dignity. Um, and, and his neglect of any kind of uh, conscience around what is responsible behavior. But with respect to your comic strips and, and satire that you've done over these past months, what has been the most cathartic to create? What has been the most mor- morose uh, to yeah. create? Uh, and, and what do you think, if anything, will will live on irrespective of whether Trump is reelected or Biden is elected? Well, <clears throat> let me think what what has been the most uh, cathartic, I think you said, you know, when Trump got covid, I mean, it was just uh, you could feel. We hadn't had any good news in a while, and uh, that was good news for for a lot of us who, you know, just feel like there, there's no comeuppance and, and accountability for this guy. Now, of course, he he uh, turned around within a week and all that, but doing that kind of speculative work <laughs> out of him getting COVID and just feeling like he had, you know, finally... Um, something had finally caught up with him, uh, I guess felt good. And, and there was obviously a lot of potential in that moment. And, um, you know, it, I think it also just sort of stopped any momentum he had for saying that he had turned around this virus as everyone in his white house got it and infections surged nationwide. So, um, you know, I, I'd maybe cite that. Well, what, what was most morose accepting that the president? has governed in a way that's going to increase the death count. If there was an element that was almost too morose to capture or that you, that you did capture, uh, yeah. but that just depressed you so much. Yeah. Well, you know, going back uh, a little bit, the kids in cages stuff was pretty uh, depressing and pretty outrageous and, you know, hard to kind of do anything light on, on that, you know, this is destroying families traumatizing them for life. There's still a few hundred kids who have not and are probably never going to be reunited with their parents. And, you know, it was sick what they did. And we ran some powerful cartoons on that, some comics journalism and some satire at the nib. And then, you know, with the, with the the coronavirus, I mean, it's just, it's easy to kind of, even though this has completely altered our lives and is an ever present thing hanging over our head it's still easy to kind of you know to grapple with the death toll is something that i don't think that we've done collectively as a as a nation i mean it's hard to even imagine you know what where we at i mean we're almost at a quarter million deaths really the real count is probably a quarter million um we'll be over three hundred thousand for sure by the end of the year i mean the president hasn't even he's barely acknowledged it you know he, he hasn't attended someone's zoom funeral or spoken anyone's name or something you might imagine a normal president doing. So all of that work, you know, has given uh, a lot of fodder, as they say, of course, it's terrible fodder, but 
you know, we've, we've at the nib, I mean, we try to portray this guy's level of cruelty and, uh, you know, find any humor in it that we can. But, you know, one cartoon that sticks out to me is uh, Pia Guerra at the nib. And she did this one, it was bodies stacked and kind of an angle. And then they, he had painted kind of the, the stock market line going up. And uh, this was about reopening and the economy recovering. And I forget the exact wording that she had in it, but, you know, the image alone was, uh, was really powerful. And, 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 and it's what he, what he did, what he stands for. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't care about anyone's human life. His own wife got COVID. He barely, he didn't even mention. The persuasive power of satire is supposed to transcend party line or partisanship. But for this particular moment, it does not appear that any of the revealing satire of Trump has made a dent with his cult. Um, do you think that's the way it is with all cults? Uh, or do you think that there is some humor, some comedy, some some satire, however you would characterize it, and there are different forms of it, that could have a persuasive effect? Well, it's, you know, I, I think that people can be persuaded uh, if they, that doesn't mean I think political cartoons change the world or change everybody's opinions. But, you know, if people couldn't be persuaded, things would never change. Uh, but I don't think you're really going to reach Trump's hardcore supporters. I mean, this does have the trappings of a cult of personality and an authoritarian movement. You know, uh, we're talking in the week before the election and they're flying the Black Lives, uh, the anti-Black Lives Matter, uh, Blue Line Lives Matter, whatever it's called, a Black American flag with the blue stripe through it. You know, they're flying that in place of the American flag at his rallies. I mean, they're, this is... Uh, kind of like a cult, like you said. So no, I don't think, I don't think you reach these people at all. I mean, you just have to defeat them politically. Um, people at the margins are reachable. At this point, they're not going to have their minds changed by a political cartoon. I mean, you know, if they didn't, <laughs> if they didn't, if they didn't uh, start to have doubts about this guy at kids in cages, and then 200,000 people dead from a pandemic, and the economy destroyed, you know, I, I don't know what else can do it for them. Matt, if we do indeed have a president-elect Biden. Uh, do you think that there can be a calmer and more soothing satire that we approach this period uh, that has been so destructive to civil discourse and some of our democratic norms? Yeah, you know, I think I think things will get back to a little bit back to um, how they used to be if if we can even recall you know what that world was like but you know for me as a as a cartoonist um you know there's plenty to go after i mean i'll, I'll definitely be criticizing biden from the left and i'm and and i think that trump movement slash white nationalist slash QAnon thing is going to grow especially if they get out of power and kind of become more radicalized uh so there'll be plenty to push back against there and and you know there'll, there'll be a lot going on but maybe you know not living in this environment where you have this sort of manic president whose whose tweets are you know dominating the news cycle i think uh everyone will welcome that <laughs> let me ask you this during this period of vote counting when we anticipate that trump will prematurely declare and, and falsely declare victory uh, and the speculation about potential violence or civil unrest. Uh, 
which would certainly make sense in the aftermath of an administration that's condoned white supremacy and that has fueled the flames when it's come to anti-Semitic, racist, modern clan identity. Um, how can the NIB cartoonists and journalists, broadly speaking, be most helpful to American society in, in its quest to survive this period? Yeah, you know, uh, it's a good question. I guess, you know, what is the, you know, the NIB's responsibility or, or what can we do is, you know, I've always viewed it as, you know, we, for one, we're not just talking about the issues. We, you know, we also run journalism on it and talking about it. But, you know, I also give a platform to kind of marginalized uh, voices. Uh, we run a lot of people of color. We run Jewish people talking about anti-Semitism. And, and you know, uh, so, some people might not agree with this, but, you know, we don't run conservatives. I mean, I don't have any interest really in entertaining a lot of the debates that... Um, <laughs> you know, that are, that are debated in, uh, in, in, in politics anymore. I mean, I, or at least I don't think that the, the conservative side has a valid viewpoint on, on a lot of this stuff. So, uh, I, that's, that's how I approach it as an editor, um, is, is, you know, not treating a lot of this stuff as if you need to hear both sides. Do you think that citizens can actively help our democracy in these next days in ways they may not have conceived, whether that is through their own contributions to the discourse and journalistic scene or through activism, protest, and demanding that all the votes be counted in their respective municipalities and states. Yeah, I mean, people are going to have to be very active because we've got three Supreme Court justices now who served on the Bush v. Gore legal team. I mean, if you can believe it, I mean, there's three liberals on the Supreme court and then there's three conservatives who are on the Bush v. Gore legal team. It's insane. Uh, the recent decision in Wisconsin, uh, leads one to believe that they don't, you know, have much respect for, uh, vote counting anyway. Um, if the polls are correct, it could be such a big gap that, it, it can't be in dispute because it gets called on election night. And then, you know, and then Trump's probably going to flip and say uh, they didn't count all the votes because they, I mean, I, you know, this guy is, this guy's going to try anything. Um, so, I mean, people need to be ready to, to protest. And um, I mean, I, I personally think if this guy wins or steals it, that it's going to be very destructive to the United States and to a lot in, of lives. I mean, just, Envisioning, as a final question, Matt, envisioning the scenarios for not just election night, but the electoral college, the vote of the electors, and then ultimately inauguration day, what visual images are surrounding you? Are you immersed in thinking about these next few months and how they will evolve? Well, you know, unfortunately, I'm thinking... I mean, there, there might be a lot of good stuff, but as a, as a political cartoonist, you know, I'm often focusing on the bad stuff. And, you know, I, I see I see Trump doing everything he can to uh, derail the next administration and doing nothing about coronavirus. And I see 
unfortunately, I think, you know, some radicalized uh, white supremacists or Trump supporters that, you know, might uh, take it in their own hands to do something because, you know, they, they've got it in their heads that a coup has happened because a centrist has been elected president. Is there any way that they can be shamed by your satire, by society more effectively than they have been in these last years um, since Charlottesville, since Pittsburgh, since these episodes of violence? Uh, We know that if Donald Trump does not win this election, he will not attend the inauguration. Um, there's no shaming Donald Trump, but can can the extremists that you cite, can they be shamed? Can you shame them? No, no, I wish I could. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, otherwise things would probably be better off. But uh, no, I don't think that they can be. Uh, you know, they, they just have to be defeated politically and taken out of power. Um, you know, that, that that's that's the option right now. Matt Boers editor and publisher of The Nib. Please visit The Nib for some extraordinary contributions to American journalism, uh, comic strips, cartoons, satire, uh, that will in fact give you some relief, catharsis, and feeling of potential triumph uh, in this uh, moment of catastrophe for our country and our democracy. Matt, thank you so much for your insight today. Yeah, thanks for having me on.